Hi guys, hope everyone's well and welcome back to the Improvement Podcast. So in this episode, I'm going to touch on my favourite exercises or my top exercises for each body part. And I'm looking at it from an effectiveness point of view, not quite like an enjoyment point of view. However, most of the movements that are effective, I seem to also enjoy. So jumping into it, we're going to start from the lower body and work our way up. First of all, calves. So in terms of our calves, my if I had to pick one movement, I'm gonna like give a couple because if you aren't aware, muscles have different actions, meaning a muscle can do multiple different things, a muscle can have multiple different roles. For example, our hamstrings, they bend the knee and they also flex us at the hip. What I mean by that is like a uh, a hamstring takes our leg from being straight to bent, and it also takes us takes us from being bent at the hip to straight to standing up think of like a rdl and also like a seated hamstring curl and the reason why this is valuable to be aware of is because it means we're not let's say putting all our eggs in one basket and we're training all the roles of each different muscle or all our different muscles and the reason why like our hamstring for example has two different roles is because it crosses two different joints which is called a biarticular muscle uh, and what this basically means is since it crosses two different joints it influences two different joints whereas if it just crosses one joint it will only influence one so talking about our calves so our calves basically the role of them is to extend at the ankle so uh, there's there's a fancy word for it you get like dorsiflexion and plantar flexion but you don't need to know that what you need to know is our calves take your foot from being bent to being straight pretty much so my favorite exercise is a straight leg calf raise one where you can perform it on uh or in a locked in environment which could be a pin loaded leg press it could be a calf raise machine depending if you have a good one that you can progress well at the gym Uh, and the reason why if i had to pick one it would be a straight leg calf raise is because we're going to work a larger percentage of our calf musculature if we're performing a straight leg calf raise whereas when we're doing seated ones we don't train as much of our calf so we get more bang for our buck in other words uh, and it's like it's like if you want to do one exercises for your legs it's not going to be a leg extension it's probably going to be a squat because you're going to get more out of it so yeah you, you want to like i said pick a variation you're locked in with and you feel like you can progress well and you get a good connection with your calves and ones where your feet aren't slipping because some leg press platforms and that can be hard to like keep your foot on the edge without it slipping so yeah i typically prefer a straight leg calf raise but if i had let's say another exercises if i had to, to choose i'd also do a seated calf raise because you've got different parts of your calf you've got like the gastrocnemius you've got the soleus and uh, it will shorten the soleus a bit more and it work, won't work the gastrocnemius a bit. It won't work that as much. Uh, so training it in that bent position uh, will therefore allow us to train and shorten the soleus a bit more. But again, a bit less of a priority compared to like a straight leg calf raise. And the reason why uh, doing it with a bent leg influences it is our calf attaches above the knee. So when our knee's bent, or not above the knee, sorry, uh, like behind the knee, think about like behind your kneecap and a bit above that, uh, which is why your calves also help you during a seated hamstring curl. So yeah, that's calves covered. 
And next up, we're going to talk about hamstrings. So hamstrings, when we think about what a hamstring does, the role of the hamstring is to basically flex the knee, uh, meaning take the knee from being straight to bending it, like you're trying to get your heel to touch your bum. And what does that effectively? The best movement, in my opinion, is going to be the seated hamstring curl. Why seated hamstring curl and not a lying hamstring curl? So some studies indicate that a seated hamstring curl is superior to build muscle tissue uh, than a lying hamstring curl. And not that just because a study indicates something means it's necessarily right, but on paper we build muscle best, which is shown in uh, the middle and lengthened range. And the seated hamstring curl will train the middle and lengthened range a bit more. So by lengthened, I just mean your muscle in its stretch position and the middle position. Uh, and as well as that, you've got a lot of stability. So when you think about like a line hamstring curl, we've not got like a, it depends what hamstring curl you use, of course, but you've not got like a pad locking your leg down so that you can't move your leg. Whereas a seat hamstring curl, you have the ability to do so. And uh, this is due to get yeah, your leg being clamped down. You can brace it against the leg pad as well. So I think or you can get more output out of it. You can get more out of that movement because you're in a more stable environment. And it's easier to keep the hips still, in my opinion, compared to a line hamstring curl, which can take away from the movement. And the reason why this will, the hamstring curl, the seated one, will work your your hamstrings in more of a stretch position because you're bent at the hips. When your hamstrings fully shortened is when you are straight, you're not bent at the hips. Whereas when you're bent in the hips, it will stretch the hamstring more. Good example why is if you think about touching your toes, that's when you feel a great stretch in your hamstring. So that's a fully stretched hamstring. Next up, so we've touched on the seated hamstring curl. So this will basically, that will train knee flexion. So this will, that will train bending the knee in other words. And since the hamstring's got another role, like I touched on earlier, of extending at the hips, we also want an exercise where we're focusing on extending at the hips. And my favourite to do so is a Romanian deadlift or a stiff leg deadlift uh, to work hip extension. And when we are thinking about doing it, what we want to think about is pushing our hips back keeping a slight bend in her leg and getting as much stretch in her hamstrings as possible while maintaining a neutral spine and that will fully lengthen the hamstrings. So you'll see there like we're not there's no redundancy we're not doing two movements that are similar we're not doing two movements that will achieve the same goal we're doing two different ones or if I had to choose two different ones that's what it would be for that reason. And when we're thinking about like doing a hip hinge we don't want to like bend our leg during it when we're at the bottom because like I touched on, our hamstring rolls to bend at the knee and also like extend at the hips. So if we are bending at the knee while we are pushing our hips back, our hamstring won't change its length as much because yes, you are shortening it by, or sorry, yes, you're stretching it by pushing your hips back and bending at the hips, but you're also shortening it by bending at the knee. So you're not taking it through a larger range of motion. Although on paper, you might be going just as low. You're not actually training the hamstring as effectively. So yeah, that's the two I'd choose for hamstrings. Next up, in terms of quads. So my favourite movement for quads, if I had to choose, like one would be a hack squat or a pendulum. The reason being is a hack squat or a pendulum allows you to get a lot of bend at the knee. It allows you to drive your knee over your toes, which is two things we want when we're training the quads. Reason why is when we think about the role of the quads, the role of the quads is basically knee extension, so to straighten our leg. And the more bend we can get, the further our knee can get over our toe in a pain-free manner, the more tension we can put on our quad. 
And the reason I say it in a pain-free manner is because obviously if you're doing something that, let's say there's a stress you can't tolerate that's like sore due to the amount of bending knee you're getting or whatever, then that's not going to be ideal. We want to do movements that are pain-free because that's going to lead to the best progress long-term. And if you don't have a hack squat or a pendulum, then that's completely fine. The reason why I choose them is because, again, it allows a lot of bend in the knee. It allows you to drive your knee over your toe, but also means you're really stable because you're not having to maintain balance, your center of gravity. You don't have to worry about falling back or whatever. Uh, and as a result, you can drive more output from your quads. You can get more out of them. You can milk them and actually take them to complete failure. Whereas with, let's say, a barbell squat, it's a bit harder to do so because you have to think about maintaining a tight core and maintaining a neutral spine and not falling back or forward and things like that. So, uh, yeah, if you've got a hack quarter pendulum, I'd use one of them if you're wanting maximal quad development. So realize when I'm saying this, I'm saying maximal quad development. I'm not talking about anything else. So that doesn't mean, let's say, a hack squat would be better placed in your program than a barbell back squat. If you're new to training, then a barbell back squat, you might get more out of that from growing your glutes, growing your or stimulating your erectors and growing them slightly maybe, uh, and also growing your quads, of course. So I'm not saying that's a best exercise to do for your lower body i'm saying to grow specifically your quads and just your quads if i had to pick one it would be one of them and you've got also like a if you don't have access to them a smith or a barbell squat is a good alternative and if you're wanting to get more quads out of it and you find you struggle to hit depth or struggle to get your knee over your toe or you struggle to stay up right then what you can do is raise your heel with a plate it could be like a really thin large bumper plate or two small plates or it could be just anything else to elevate your heel in a safe manner. Usually that's why it's a bit better to use a Smith machine because you don't have to worry about stepping back on them, but be really careful if you are, of course. And yeah, the reason why you want to elevate your heel potentially is because it allows us to get more bend in the knee, drive your knee over a toe while staying more upright, which means more quad from the movement and less of everything else working really, the glutes and the lower back getting involved. So the leg press is also a good exercise because it offers greater stability. And what I mean by that is when we think about any squats, we are not stable at the hip. Whereas when we're doing the leg press, we're locked in from the hip because our lower back is braced against the back pad. The only thing that's moving is our lower half. We don't have to worry about maintaining a neutral spine and a tight core to the same extent. So that's a benefit over the leg press is greater stability. But that's not what I choose over a squat because a squat we can usually get more out of it because we can get more depth, more range of motion. And uh, as a result, I believe it's a superior exercise because usually you can't get extremely deep on a leg press on, or depending what leg presses you use. And next up, the second movement I'd choose if I had to choose two for quads would be a leg extension. And the reason being is we've, we've touched on the squat. We've touched on how like any squat and variation really uh, will stretch our quads. It will allow us to take it through a full range of motion. And when we think about squats, we are quite extended at the hips. What I mean by that is we're not super bent over. Like when we think about leg press, you're in a hip flexed position throughout. You're bent at the hips throughout. Whereas in like a hack squat or that, or a barbell squat, you're quite extended at the hips during the movement. So as a result, it makes sense, again, so we're not having redundancies, so we're not doing similar movements. We're choosing different movements so we can get more out of 
different types. Uh, a leg extension would allow us to fully shorten the rectus femoris. The rectus femoris is one of the muscles in your quads. We can't fully shorten it with any other movement, really. Uh, and it crosses over the hip joint, which means when we're bent at the hips, we will work that muscle a bit more effectively. So it wouldn't be the leg extension if I had to pick one. However, if I had to pick two, it would be a leg extension because it will fully shorten that rectus femoris. It will work it a bit more than a squat will, which we don't really get much out of the squat for. And what I mean by that is we don't really get the opportunity to do this a lot when we are squatting. So it makes sense to pair that with the other. Or with a squat, sorry. So yeah, it would be a leg extension. And quick tip, if you use the leg extension, if you don't already, try using straps. It helps massively keep you locked in. It means you've got greater stability. Greater stability means uh, greater force output. Greater force output means more mechanical tension throughout the quads, which means ultimate, you can, ultimately you can lift more of the target muscle and stimulate and grow that muscle more effectively. So yeah, make sure you're using straps if you don't already when you're doing leg extensions. And when you think about leg extension, uh, we want to make sure we're keeping our like hips, knees and ankle aligned. We want to keep our knees facing forward throughout as well, just so we're keeping our knees nice and safe. So in terms of next up, I'm going to touch on glutes. So your glutes aren't, in my opinion, a muscle you need a ton of isolation work for, just like your erectors if you're doing a lot of big exercises. Uh, so with your glutes, if I had to pick an exercise to target them, I would use the hip thrust. And the reason being is if you have a good hip thrust machine, uh, I choose a good hip thrust machine. The reason being is it will allow you to fully shorten the glutes and fully squeeze them or contract them. And again, when we think about like a, a, like a squat variation, a leg press, when we think about lunges or whatever, or split squats, they will work the glute a lot because the glutes row is to extend at the hips. So I wouldn't really... So that's why I'm choosing a hip thrust because... We're already stretching the glutes a lot and getting a lot of work done there. And we want to shorten the glutes as well. So we're maximizing glute development if we want to get massive glutes. Uh, typically, females want to more than males. However, it's still not a bad idea having a, a like glute variation or a glute movement in your program. Just a couple sets of hip thrusts or even one. Like Personally, uh, why I believe you don't need a lot of sets for hip thrust, or for myself anyway, and I don't really think a lot of people do either. I, throughout my program, the only direct glute work I do is one set of hip thrusts. That's all the direct glute work I do. And my glutes were arguably one of my strongest, if not my strongest body parts on stage, as well as my lower body as a whole. So if you get strong at, let's say, squats, uh, leg presses, split squats, then you don't need a lot of glute work. If you want to, let's say, isolate your glutes a bit more, doing hip thrusts along with maybe some cuffed movements. I know it sounds like a, like a bunch of fluff working, like why would you do that? Uh, but the reason why, let's say, like cable, cable kickbacks can actually be a not bad movement if you set up and perform it correctly and well is because we won't work a lot of other musculature during it. Because if, let's say, someone wants to grow pri primarily their glutes, but they don't want to grow any other muscle groups a lot, then you will work your quads, you'll work your lower back a lot during squats, you'll work your quads again a lot during leg presses as well. So it's a good way to take your quads out of the equation if you can't, let's say, get your quads to recover in time for your next leg day. Or if you just don't want to 
grow your quads a lot or if your quads are strength and your glutes are weakness and you're wanting your glutes to catch up with your quads if that is the case of course so if you don't have a good hip thrust machine a good alternative is a smith machine hip thrust the reason why a smith machine hip thrust is it's quite a bit easier to go or to get in and out of the bar only travels up and down so it's a bit less awkward you just have to focus on pushing your hips up and not balancing the bar and where the bar is positioned so it's a bit easier to set up and execute and bias your glutes effectively however if you don't have any of them at your disposal you can use a barbell and uh, yeah so again i'm only kind of like picking one exercise for your glutes and the reason being is because i don't really need a lot or i don't think anyone really needs a ton of extra work for their glutes unless genetically their glutes are a massive weakness uh, but I don't really rate the abductor machine a ton. Sometimes I put it in if, let's say, a client likes it or they really, really want to do it and uh, they think. Or it gives uh, part of programming isn't always what's most effective. It's what what the client enjoys, what the client has belief in as well. Like if they really like it, then will it harm them doing a few sets of it? Probably not. And it can maybe offer some value. But the reason I don't go, that's not my go-to is because it will usually work your piriformis muscle a bit more, which is a muscle underneath your glute. And we can't, we're not going to develop that massively. And it, since it's underneath your glute, we the development of it won't show an absolute ton, in my opinion. So next up, we're going to talk about abs. So when it comes to your abs, when we think about the role of your abs is to basically flex the spine. So basically what that means is round your spine. So if you're going from, let's say, an arch back to curling into a ball, or to having a bent back. The opposite of what, what you want to do during a deadlift is basically what your abs do. As a result of this, if I had to choose a movement, I'd probably choose a rope crunch or a machine ab crunch or a machine ab curl, whatever you want to call it. And focusing on just getting maximum spinal flexion and extension. And usually when you're doing that, that that's going to work quite a lot of your abs, so your rectus abdominis uh, and also your hip flexors as well. Uh, so you don't need, if you've got that, you don't need a ton more work. Uh, and the reason being is I think that like if you're doing compound movements as well and you're doing appropriate amount of sets of them, they'll kind of cover the majority of what you need. However, you could do a hanging leg race as well to work more of your lower abs if you want a second exercise you could potentially do. So yeah, the reason why I like a rope crunch or a machine curl is because you've got more progressive runway with it, whereas you can only do so much setups and uh, you can't get as much of a stretch at the bottom of a setup, and there's not much tension at the top. But as a rope crunch or machine curl, you can apply progressive overload a bit easier because you've got a weight stack you can just simply add weight to as weeks go on and get stronger at that over time. So hope you've enjoyed the episode. This one was just covering basically every or my top exercises for lower body movements. In the next episode, I'll touch on my top exercises for upper body movements. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed. Again, any questions off the back of that, please let me know and I'll happily answer them. And feel free to like, subscribe, give it a share on your story. It helps massively to help grow the podcast. And I greatly appreciate everyone's support as always. Hope everyone has a great day.